Well, welcome and thank you for listening to the Jesus Everyday Podcast, a podcast where we're journeying through the scriptures, starting in Genesis and ending in Revelation, looking at how we find Jesus every single day in the text. This podcast is produced by Fellowship Community Church. Well, welcome to the Jesus Everyday Podcast, where every word, thought, verse, and chapter points us to the person of Jesus. My name is Ethan Callison. I serve as one of the pastors here at Fellowship Community Church. And I just want to say thank you for uh, listening in to week 37 as we're going to be journeying through the entirety of Ecclesiastes uh, this week. If you uh, if you don't know, if, there, if you're new to this, uh, our reading plans down the show notes below so you can just scroll down, click on that, and it'll take you to where you can read and engage. What we desire for you to do is to start off in, in, in reading the Word, and then we want to then journey in this podcast of opening up and looking at the Word. So so today we're looking at Ecclesiastes chapters 1 and 2, uh, and when you read it, hopefully by now you've read it. If you haven't, just go ahead and hit the pause button, go back and read it, and then come back in this. Um, in Ecclesiastes chapters 1 through 2, well, actually the whole book of Ecclesiastes is a very real and authentic uh, writing from what we believe, many people believe that King Solomon is the the author of it. Um, and we many believe it's actually at the tail end of his life, kind of like Proverbs that uh, Pastor Josh Horn and myself looked at last week where he's writing it. And he's just kind of, instead of writing wisdom for his sons, uh, which it potentially could be that, it's more of a self-reflection about his life and the meaning of life. A lot of people will read Ecclesiastes, and I think in America we want to read it through the lens of like uh, the uh, American happy smiley face, where, where that's not how it was meant to be read, or, or that's not what the, the writer, what I believe King Solomon was trying to convey. It's more so like a woe is me, woe is life kind of writing. Uh, but in that, he will, at the very end of it, come back around to what is the real meaning of life. So you're going to see some uh, things that he says very frequently throughout the whole book, uh, things such as vanity or toil or uh, like chasing after wind, chasing after the sun. There's a lot of things like this that we see are main themes, but in that it's just him almost venting. Uh, so when we read it, we don't read Ecclesiastes as if it is instructional or law or here's how we're to do something, but rather from the reflection of, hey, here's a wise man who wrote words and we get to look at it and say, hey, what does this, how does this pertain to me? So in this, as we jump in here, in chapter 1, verse 14, uh, Solomon says this. He says, I have seen everything that is done under the sun, and behold, all is vanity and striving after wind. This is going to be a common theme, very common theme that you're going to see throughout it, that he says, hey, I look back in my life, and there's not many things that has happened on this life that I haven't seen. In this, as we're titled it, it says, do you have to become jaded as you get older? And that's kind of what King Solomon's getting at here. He becomes jaded, looks at life like, hey, all is all is bad, all is terrible. There's nothing really that's good. He says, all is vanity and striving after the wind. When he's talking about this striving after the wind, it's like you can't catch the wind, you can't corner the wind, you can't hold the wind and contain it. It's like you're striving or, or grasping after sand. The harder you squeeze, the faster it falls out of your fingers. And that's what he's getting at here. He says, I've seen all these things and I'll look at life and does it have meaning? So when we read this, we could think, and if we were to read this like an instructional law of the word, we would read this and say, okay, well then life doesn't have meaning. Then, you know, I should just do whatever the heck I want to do and live and then die. But no, that's not what we're actually going to see the book as a whole is written at. I want to jump down to chapter two, verses four through six, and then 10 through 11. He says this, he says, I made great works. I built houses, 
planted vineyards for myself. I made myself gardens and parks and planted them in all kinds of fruit trees. I made myself pools from which to water the forest of growing trees. And then he continues there in 7 through 9 of saying and not being boastful, but talking about all these things that he has done. And he says this in verses 10 and 11. And whatever my eyes desired, I did not keep from them. I kept my heart from no pleasure, for my heart found pleasure in all my toil, and this was my reward for all my toil. Then I considered all that my hands had done, and the toil I had expanded in doing it, and behold, all was vanity and a striving after wind, and there was nothing to be gained under the sun." So he gets it. He says, I've built this life. And from many people, as they looked at me, I was very successful. I have anything and everything that I wanted. Whatever my eyes saw and I wanted, I went after it. Whatever my heart desired, whatever it was wanting, I pursued after it. And I got it. But yet, as I look back and reflect on my life, it did not bring purpose. It did not bring fulfillment in my life. I have seen and heard so many stories of people that we would look at me, man, they were so successful, but they would say, there's got to be more to life than this. You look at like someone like a Michael Jordan or a Tom Brady, or here recently there was a documentary on Derek Jeter and he looked back and he said, I was always looking at the next thing in life and I never enjoyed where I was in the moment of time. But all these famous, super successful people would say, there's got to be more than this. And we would look at them and be like, man, like you have gotten the crown jewel of all things. But they say, no, there's there's got to be more. Then he continues in verses 24 and 25 of chapter 2. He says, There is nothing better for a person than that he should eat and drink and find enjoyment in his toil. This also I saw is from the hands of God. For apart from him, who can eat or who can have enjoyment? So where do we see Jesus at in this text? Well, there's a couple of things I want us to see. One is we see God's design, how God designed designed us. First, he did. He did design us to work. He didn't design us just to sit around and do nothing and to not uh, be be purpose-filled, but he did. He designed us for work. Another big thing I want us to see in this is he actually designed us to reflect. When we look at Genesis, it says he made all these things in the first six days. And after each day, when you read the text, it'll say he says, and he looks at it and says, it is good. Then after the sixth day, he says, he looks and reflects, and he says, it is very good. We were designed to stop, to pause, to slow down life, and to reflect back on where we have been to where we are now. And another thing that God designed us for is for the enjoyment of life. He did. We're designed to enjoy the things that God has made. We're designed to enjoy the mountains, the lakes, the oceans, the rivers, friendships. We're designed to enjoy all the things that are surrounding us. However, what makes it a difference is when that enjoyment is found only in that rather than enjoying God through that. So I want us to look at a text in the New Testament. I'm just going to read it for us. It's in actually in all the Gospels, but I'm going to read out of the Gospel of Mark. It's in chapter 10. You've heard this before if you've been around the church, but it's Mark chapter 10, verses 17 through 31. It says, And he was setting out on his journey, and a man ran up and knelt before him and asked him, Good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus said to him, why do you call me good? No one is good except God alone. You know the commandments. Do not murder. Do not commit adultery. Do not steal. Do not bear false witness. Do not defraud. uh, Honor your father and mother. And he said to him, teacher, all of these I have kept from my youth. And Jesus, looking at him, loved him and said to him, 
you lack one thing. Go sell all that you have and give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven, and come follow me. Disheartened by the saying, he went away sorrowful, for he had great possessions. And Jesus looked around and said to his disciples, How difficult will it be for those who have wealth to enter in the kingdom of, of God? And the disciples were amazed at his words, but Jesus said to them again, Children, how difficult is it to enter into the kingdom of God? It is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich person to enter into the kingdom of God. And they were exceedingly astonished and said to him, Then who can be saved? Jesus looked at them and said, With man it is impossible, but with God, for all things are possible with him. Peter began to say to him, See, we have left everything and followed you. Jesus said, Truly, I say to you, there is no one who has left house or brothers or sisters or mother or father or children or lands for my sake and for the gospel, who will not receive a hundredfold now in this time, houses and brothers and sisters and mothers and children and lands with persecutions and in the age to come eternal life. But many who are first will be last and the last first. When you just look at this story and reflecting upon Ecclesiastes chapter 1 and 2, the rich young man found his identity in what he had. Solomon oftentimes found his identity in what he had. As he reflected back, he realized it was all in vain. It was all in toil. But when we put our worth, our value, and or our identity in anything or anyone outside of the person of Jesus, it leads to vanity. But when we put our value, our worth, our identity in Jesus, we get to enjoy the pleasures that he has designed us, the enjoyment of life, to be fulfilled in the purpose of the life that we have. So I hope that this encourages you today in your walk with Jesus and you join us again tomorrow as we continue in the book of Ecclesiastes.